0: Welcome to Ignite Your Life, where Brother Mercurio and I will be talking about the walk of Christ. In this last part of the series that we are doing with the walk of Christ, we are talking about the crucifixion. We are talking about the symbology of the cross that we bear. This is probably my favorite episode out of all the episodes that we've done because we really dive into overcoming those issues? What is your cross? How do you make that connection with the divine? Let's get started.
1: Good afternoon, everyone. Brother Mercurio and I are back again talking about the walk of Christ. Today, we are going to be talking about the symbolism and the idea of the cross and how each of us, sometimes in our life, we face you know, kind of like a crossroad in our life, or we have that point in which we've got to make some decisions. So I really wanted to expand on this subject, because this is an area that I think we all can identify with. I'm going to go ahead and bring the floor to you.
2: It's great to be back on the podcast again. Mm -hmm. And thank you, Michelle. Um, Yeah, what I think our, our theme for this time is all around This whole concept of the cross in Christianity, you know, what does it mean? It has a symbolic meaning. You know, it's not just nice, oh, this is a symbol that represents Christianity because of the story of Jesus being crucified. There's a whole lot more to it. But the background obviously is that the core of Christian teachings comes from this idea that, you know, after the life of Christ, where he was performing miracles and healing, which we discussed in the previous podcast, he eventually gets to the point where a lot of this causes controversy, which I think happens when you want to change something. You know, he was trying to change the mindset of a whole group of people in that, in that time. And um, it, he got to the point where, you know, the even the Romans were getting nervous about this and then they resorted to their famous punishment, which they did for people either who were political prisoners or people they didn't like or obviously criminals which was to um, nail someone to a cross and crucify them because he was much more sophisticated, and he recognized that you actually have to change people's thinking at a much deeper level. There's no point. You could He probably could have done that. But what would it achieve particularly? It, wouldn't, it would just, yeah, there might be a victory, but it wouldn't have changed that fundamental turning point in human thinking that happened when with Christianity. So he chose to use um, words and use teachings and use acts that would demonstrate how God's power operates in the world. And also he taught through actions, you know, and I think the whole story of the crucifixion, for example, is him demonstrating what happens in human life anyway,
3: mm. in a much
2: more severe form, which I guess it had to be because, um, you know, you want people to remember this process. But it's sort of a bit like the stages of alchemy, you know, the the, the process he went through when he was carrying the cross and he dropped it, and it, it highlights different things we experience when we're trying to carry our cross or our burden. But I suppose what I wanted to talk about here is, what does that mean for us? What is the symbol of the cross that's become so significant, you know? And yes, it's a symbol for Christianity, but also it's a very ancient symbol.
1: Let's talk about that, because the cross yeah. was very heavy to the point to where he dropped it, what, three times? I want to kind of talk about just the significance of the heaviness. You know how they say, the cross we bear is the burden that we yeah. carry. And falling, he fell three times. And there's a there's a significance to that if you think about it. Like what is the number three, the Trinity? Mm. You know, there's there's something to that. So it's like how many times do you have to fall before yeah. you rise? You know, he fell three times before they stood him up straight mm-hmm. right and then when we're thinking about this like the cross that we bear what is our cross what is our cross that we're bearing what is that heavy burden that is that we're carrying what do you think that that actually is significant to because it it, it is a death yeah. but it's also a resurrection but in general it's the do you think it's like the death of of who we are consciously, like ridding all the pain, you know, like he's mm. carrying this burden and then he dies. You know how like um, he talks about that you have to be born again. Mm. He says, you know, not of flesh, you know, that kind of mm. thing. So do you think that it's the death of the ego or the death. And I'm just kind of looking at this from as the symbology of this, this heaviness Mm -hmm. that we're carrying, we have to die. And we have to not physically die, but we have to Mm. have that death of ego that we have to let go of that, that burden that we're carrying. And Maybe we have to do it, like, three times, <laughs>
3: you know, like,
1: you know, it's like, you know, get it right the first time, do it again, you know, it's finally we get to a point after we we dropped it, and we fell, and we fell down, and we're mm. so burdened by something, the only thing left is to rise.
2: Yeah. Firstly, I, I mean, you can interpret this, I guess, in many ways, but I think it is part of the human journey. And you know you could say that ultimately our own path in our life is our own you know nobody can do it for you they might help you for a while Mm -hmm. along the way you know a bit like jesus was helped by veronica wiping his forehead or simon of cyrene picked up the cross and carried it for him for a little while and people do that in our lives don't they you know so if we look at it as a metaphor of the life journey and as we grow and develop through life our ego does affect us and Life can feel very heavy sometimes, you know, it can feel like, wow, I'm having to carry all of this stuff I'm having to the after kids, I'm having to pay the bills, I'm having to, you know, and then at other times it can seem lighter, it can seem more easy to carry or we feel stronger or something. I think the cross is a, it's sort of a metaphor for, for life in that way that, you know, the way we have to carry things. And there's other metaphors in the Bible, you know, like Jesus once told the guy who he healed at the at the waters, he, the, there was a guy there who'd been... Um, lame for many years, and he couldn't get into the waters. You know, we talked about it last week. But the words Jesus used when he healed him was, "Pick up your bed and walk. Pick up your life. You know, you're responsible for your life. You're the one that has to actually carry that that burden. Um, a bit like he had to carry the cross. You know, and he knew it was him. He had to do it, uh, even though it was really difficult and really hard. And there are moments in life like that, aren't there? I mean, so you know, what I like to talk about to my students sometimes is to say, well, you know, we all come to the cross at some point. We all face this cross and we have to realize we're carrying it we have to have come to a realization that we're responsible for all these things that we've built up for ourselves that we're carrying because we do it to ourselves ultimately you know we make choices we do things in life that actually lead us to the point where we feel burdened and we feel that we're carrying things but we tend to forget we made that choice (laughs) or we'll blame the environment and you know at some point you have to face it and the cross is a symbol for sacrifice ultimately you know it's, it's a process that you go through and probably there are things like three times because you know usually we have to to face things again and again a few times before we realise that we, we are responsible and we, we need to do it that leads us to the point where we're actually accepting we need to be nailed onto this cross, we are nailed onto it we can't get rid of it, we can't escape our burdens you know, not in, not in an ordinary way not in a, in a way using our ego we can't escape anything if we try to use our ego to escape it. (laughs) So at some point, the ego has to die in order for us to be reborn, as you say, and so on. So I I think facing, using all of that analogy, we have to face our own ego, and we have to accept the fact that, you know, we we focus on ourselves too much. We are like, look at me, 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 I am, you know, I'm the answer, I'm this and I'm that. And um, once we realise that actually... You're responsible for things, but it's not all about you necessarily. And all of these burdens are things that you created, your ego has caused to happen. And because it's a cross, there are sort of four arms to it. You could perhaps relate it to the four elements, you know, the four Mm -hmm. different natural elements, which I know the mystics often do. They'll say that, you know, in the material world, there are four elements. All of your burdens may be connected with each of those. Like you've got emotional burdens, which are like the water element, you've got you know, um, many earthly material burdens, which are the earth element. You've got um, thoughts and negative thinking and kind of cognitive patterns that you've uh, inherited, which are perhaps the air element. And then you've got issues with your own energy, sexuality, passion, and all of these things, which are the fire element probably. So you have to sacrifice all those things at some point. Otherwise, you'll you'll not be free of this plane, this earth plane, or this this earthly mm-hmm. existence. So I think Jesus was demonstrating that process. You know, he's just saying that for everyone, there comes a point where you have to face it, and you have to face it alone. Like in the story, you may you may know he's, he he looks up and he says to God, Lama Lama Shavastani, you know, why have you left me? Why have you quit? So there's a real point of despair that everybody goes through. Everybody says, well, why do I have to do this on my own? Why can't why you know why me <laughs> and um and then the answer comes afterwards and and you can be kind of free from it but you have to go through that process almost if you don't go through the process nothing's going to move it's about that's an external thing it's about you, you internally and if you just kneel before the cross it's sort of symbolic of you saying well actually okay now I'm willing to accept what God is teaching and it's no longer my ego that's driving me it's actually I'm allowing in the words of the theurgist my higher self to direct my life or my higher genius so yeah. but you can't do that until you get to the point of carrying the burden and realizing you know
1: so this is this is about our own cross that we bear let's look at crossroads that we come into do you think that that might also be a possible scenario or you know the choices that we make because it is a it is a cross right and if you turn it sideways, there's two paths, okay? Yeah. So now you've got, it. potentially, you can go this way or you can go this way. It's mm, a decision
2: point, isn't it? You know, a cross um, is a decision point.
1: You know, and if you think about, like, the situation that happened with Jesus, he could have mm. denied it. He could have, he knew what was going to happen in advance anyway. He could have said, they're going to try to come after me. This person's going to betray me. I'm going to go to another city to avoid this. Follow me over here because this is what's happening. Mm-hmm. But he chose to face it. Yeah. Okay, so that was a crossroad for him.
2: Mm. You could say it that way too, that's very good.
1: Yeah. Yeah, so he, he chose to face the situation because... He knew that by doing this, this was going to be an, a very long symbol for people to be able to recognize within their their life, you know?
2: Oh, yeah. And like many of his acts, it's it, he was teaching us.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: He was teaching us how to face a problem and how to deal with it and how to, what spirit you have to create in yourself in order to face a burden like that, something huge in your life, you know?
1: Oh, and yeah. I mean, and that's like the biggest burden you can ever have is somebody accusing you of a false accusation. Like, I guess from what you were saying earlier is because he called himself the king of the Jews, they were fearful that he was going to take over the government or claim that he's, a, you know, a king. So he's going to take over their space and their land. And so they were intimidated by this. And they were like, uh-uh, you know? Yeah.
2: I mean, he didn't call himself that, but people around were. Based on the the Old Testament, you know, before he was around, there was a prediction that there would be uh, a, a king-type person who would come and save everybody. So the Romans really kind of took that up and used it as a, as another slur. You know, oh, you're just the king with Jews, but you can't just can't even save yourself from this cross. What are you doing? You know, you think you're so powerful? But they missed the message completely in that. You know. They, they missed the point that it's not about their power and it's not about whether he can get himself on and off the cross. Because he could. He could probably call down hundreds of angels and free himself if he wanted. But as you just said, you know, he chose to face it himself and chose to go through that process publicly to show us how also to face issues and burdens. Um, And it's true, isn't it? You know, if you try and face it with your ego, you'll, you'll suffer immensely and probably won't gain anything from the process. But if you access your inner spirit, it doesn't matter what happens in the world. Mm-hmm. The world means nothing, essentially. You know, even if people are accusing you of things or framing you or setting you up, or which happens so often.
1: A lot of people have those kind of dilemmas where mm. they come into a situation where... People are accusing them of something, or they don't like a behavior, or they're. Um, I, I I think the thing that seems to be a theme for me you know, that happens a lot is, and and I'm not. I still haven't figured out why, but it seems to be my cross is that people like take um, an idea of something. And they turn it into something else. They put words in my mouth or they put meaning to something that wasn't there. And this is, it becomes frustrating sometimes because I'm like, how do you get me out to help you turn it into this? That's not even in my character. I'm compassionate. Somebody just assumes the very worst of, Mm -hmm. and it's like, don't you know me? I'm not capable of that behavior. Like, don't you know that I would never, I would never cause harm to somebody. I would never think in a certain way. I would never betray you. It's not in my nature to behave this way. And people do that. They start thinking, oh, because of this action. No, no, you're reading into something that's not there. You know, sometimes people kind of like feel like uh, there's certain actions that need to be taken. Uh, they they start putting meaning to things, or they think things should mm-hmm. be done a certain way, but they don't think about what they did that started this this scenario. Like you asked me a question, I answered the question. You didn't like the answer, but yet oh. then you go away oh, over here and say something else, and I'm like, but you're getting upset that I gave yeah. you an answer to something, and now you're putting meaning behind it that wasn't there. I. <laughs> You know, it's like, bah! you know.
2: Sounds like this,
1: social media all over. <laughs> oh, my God. Tell me about it. Yeah, so, yeah. it's like, that seems to be, like, it It happens to me a lot. And I, I feel like I'm constantly having to say, you know, defend something that I didn't do or I didn't feel
3: right. or I didn't your...
1: say. This heaviness that I feel like that, and that's always with me, you know, yeah. in every relationship that I get into, the closer I get to someone, the closer I get eventually somebody starts somehow or another putting their own personal fears upon me.
2: Isn't it interesting yeah. how people do that? I mean Carl Jung used to talk about that, it's mm-hmm. the psychology, that people project onto you what they have problems with.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, the, their fears, like they they um their insecurities or their fears or you know whatever it is. I think we all have have these crosses but how do you resolve something like that? like how do you resolve that within yourself because it's not it's not ego for me it's it's a real situation that happens to me a lot i you know the only thing I can do is just clarify the situation and um and then try to forgive them for thinking that way. <laughs> you know it's like okay
2: there are other ways to look at it like you know once once you recognize that um it's actually their issue that they're projecting. In fact, you're not to blame at all. It's like somehow it's it's a tool you could use in a therapy session to say back to them, well, you know, you've said this. However, um, you know, it's not how I act. So it sounds to me like that's something in you that you know you're you're struggling with that you you're finding it that you have to please people or you have to um, you know present things in a way that that perhaps takes the heat off yourself. You know, you're you know, in other words, they're not facing their cross by doing that. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I, you know, it's it's easy to say something like that to a to a client, but it's not so easy to say something like that to somebody that you care about, like that you love, you know, it's sort of like, oh, that's on you, not me, you know, and <laughs> it's, it's that's a little harder to kind of um, to do that. It's, you know, because in the heat of the moment, especially you're like,
3: no no, no you're like
1: almost like hurt you know it's like this hurt pain pain where you feel like how could you think that way about me don't you know me
3: i've right. you know,
1: ever given you any signal or sign that i would i would behave that way or think that way this this is never my intention
2: that's the thing you haven't they've just pulled it out of themselves and projected it it's mm-hmm. not so it's difficult that one Yeah, it's difficult
1: yeah. And I, and I do, I do realize that this is a lesson for me, you know, to, to recognize that this is their issue, but that still doesn't take away the pain, you know, so it's still that cross, you know, it's like, it it hurts, every, it stings every single time. And even though I can recognize now, you know, Instead of like going into a reactive state of, you know, crying Mm -hmm. and like, no, no, and trying to prove myself, getting very, very upset. No, I don't react like that anymore. Um, I just Mm -hmm. say, no, that's not in my behavior. I love you. I would never feel that way. I would never do that thing. This is not my intention. Mm -hmm. I thought, you know, don't you know me? You should know that this about me. And then I, I pretty much just say that and let it go. But then internally, I have to sit there and tell myself. This is their issue. This is their issue. But some people, you just can't say, Oh, that's your issue, not mine. I mean, it sounds very, like, (laughs) kind of rude. You know? know?
2: You'd say it in a different way. Maybe you'd try and teach them and draw it out of them, you know, so they gain some understanding rather than Mm -hmm. you wouldn't just say, Oh, yeah, it's your issue. But I mean, you could perhaps say, Well, where does that come from that you, you know, that you feel that way about? I mean, you know, it's. um has that happened to you before? You know, you could you could have, get into some sort of discussion.
1: That's actually a really good. That's actually a really good way of saying it. I like that. That's that's really good. That's helpful. You know, to <laughs> yeah, I it like
3: that.
2: <laughs> I mean, in my situation, working in in therapy with mentally ill people, often, you know, things like that will happen quite a lot because people are troubled. You know, people are having troubling thoughts, and they they do come out with lots of different things. And a a very wise doctor once said to me, "Well, always keep in mind that this is part of their pathology. this mm-hmm. is part of their disease or their illness. the fact they do all these things um and that really helped me actually because it clicked my brain and it made me realize that it's not me it's not about me it's not my <laughs> actually it's just because they've got issues in them in their own self that they they've never been able to resolve, or worse they've become an illness you know so um actually there's no point in me getting into a an attachment thing with them, you know, like blaming or getting angry or whatever, because it's not going to help either of us. It's, it's probably actually going to cause more stress, and maybe they'll disengage, they won't be able to do therapy. So mm. um, rather try and show understanding. And I suppose Jesus did that. You know, quite a lot of the time he was trying to get people to think. Rather than actually sort of correct them, it was more about trying mm. to help them to to gain understanding and thought about um, issues and situations. So, and which is the way to resolve the cross in some ways, isn't it? Like if you have understanding of something, it no longer becomes difficult, you know, or or it may reduce the pain from it or whatever it is. Mm -hmm. Whereas if you don't, you know, if if we don't understand something, then it can be very difficult. It can become a huge burden and a huge cross to carry. Yeah, this is a really interesting point.
1: Yeah, definitely. You know, so I think that we all have our crosses, we all come across things that seem to be a theme in our life. And I think that typically when there is something that's a theme, it is a lesson that we're here to learn about. Right. And, you know, one of the things that I definitely overcame, um getting very vulnerable here, you know, <laughs> but one of the things that I definitely overcame was fear of judgment. And that was a that was a cross that I bared for a long time, that fear of being judged, especially talking about these kind of things. Like if I if I spoke about anything regarding religion or spirituality or mysticism or magic or anything like that, I was I was fearful that Christians would judge me or nail me on a cross. You know what I mean? And I had to overcome that and resolve that within myself to be able to actually do what I'm doing now. I mean, I do all different kinds of podcasts uh, with all different kinds of people, (laughs) like uh, the one that we're going to be airing shortly about an exorcism. And yeah, and I do one uh, on a regular basis with uh, Papa Doc, which he's a hoodoo priest. And, you know, it's like uh, we get into some very um, controversial subjects sometimes. I mean, even the conversations that you and I are having, they can be very controversial because we're not just taking it literally. We're like looking into, you know, the deeper meaning behind it. Because most yeah. people see the cross as he died for my sins, and now they're all forgiven. That's it. And this-
2: oh, look at that. That's a very interesting thing that comes up, isn't it? Yeah. Like, why did? Why does? Okay. So in fact, all the things we uh, we've just discussed, I think, are validated by saying he died for our sins because. In my view, his process of showing us how to face the cross, how to get on it, how to die on it, is dying for our sins. You know, he's done it because he's helped us to make a major shift in our consciousness in how to deal with issues. um So that saved us from continuing to sin. <laughs> you know, in in uh, because it's it's breaking path. You know,
1: I, I I like what you just said. Okay, it saved us from continuing to sin. See. What you hear from most Christians is Mm. he saved us from our sins. So, in other words, they believe that every sin has been forgiven. And so they can just keep on sinning.
2: Well, this is the misnomer, isn't it? This is the huge misnomer concept is that, you know, that Jesus didn't give people license to go back and sin again. Yeah. You know, it was like, well, yeah, okay, I've saved you from all your sins now. If you sin, it's not the, that's not the issue. The issue is you. You've got to face the responsibility. You've got to transform yourself, and you've got to rise above it. It's not. Um, it doesn't mean necessarily that okay, now I've forgiven you, you can just go back and sin. do whatever you want, you know, because you'll be forgiven anyway. It's not about that. It's about going into yourself, understanding why you're sinning, you know, what it is about that, whatever you want to call sin, you know, <laughs> um, and. uh, But what he has done is demonstrate to us how to face it and deal with it, which essentially is tapping into your inner self and your higher self, not depending on the world, not allowing your ego to be the thing that solves it. It's not going to work. That's just not going to happen. You'll just make a bigger cross for yourself. So, um, yeah, in that way, I think this slightly kind of childlike understanding of he died for our sins that that many churches present is missing that point a lot you know it doesn't it really doesn't mean that you have license to go out and sin
3: well i mean he
1: he actually said and i think it's matthew and i am maybe misquoting this but i think it's matthew 5 something and um he says sin no more right he just be like my father in heaven perfect and go sin no more and this is this has always been kind of like uh this big thing that i always get i get a little riled up about (laughs) You know, I'm serious. I do. Like if somebody posts something, you know, on, on Facebook about this, I get like riled up about it, you know, and I've gotten people like pretty upset because I'm like, I start quoting scriptures and saying, here's what it says and you're being judgmental and it says this about being judgment, judging, and, you know, then they come back and they're like, you're judging me for saying this and, you know. And, and it just turns into a like a big mess, you know. But it's like it's hard for me, you know, to like sit here and go, You're giving your you're not evolving and like this one lady said, um, she goes, I sin every day. Hmm. And I'm like, Well that's a problem and, and so let's 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 just look at what the <laughs> definition Are you of proud sin is. I know, you're proud of that. <laughs> I mean, I'm sitting here going, Well, geez, you know, I have to sit here and think and I'm not bragging here, okay? okay? But I have to really think about when's the last time I sinned. And I, I I really don't know that I can recall that. And and that's how long it's been. You know, since I've done something like that, it's been years, years and years and years and years. But let's define sin real quick, okay?
2: Well, this is it, isn't it? What is the definition yeah. of sin?
1: Yeah, so, so the dictionary actually says <laughs> that... <laughs> Sin is an immoral act considered to be a transgression against divine law. Okay. you know, some people may be thinking that they're sinning because they may have gotten angry with somebody or, you know, or something like that. Like might have had a bad thought, like, I'm really pissed off at this person, you know, know, because they hurt me, you know, and that kind of stuff. So is that really a sin, you know? But then again, it does say monitor your thoughts. Um, in the Bible, like, be in control of those things, because here's the reason Mm. every thought turns into words and words turn into actions and actions turns into your character and so, like, if you allow those thoughts to continue it ends up becoming who you are and it manifests into your life you're, you know because as you think you will become
3: Yeah.
1: and that's in the Bible too. <laughs> you know, it's like He's Jesus it's says, you know, it's all there. You know, it's like, hey, <laughs> this is this is it. So I think that um, when we're talking about immoral acts against the divine, um, that's that's basically what sin is. So like, how can you sin and still be divine? That I mean, that's a big question right there, right? Yeah. Because you're yeah. taking an immoral act against the divine. Like how how can you how can you sit here and say Jesus is my personal savior or that I'm walking with Christ or mm-hmm. that um, I you know sit here and try to profess your your, uh, mm-hmm. your undying love? Je- you know Jesus is connected to the Trinity. Okay, mm-hmm. so you've got. You've got the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost, and the Holy Ghost is the Divine Mother. So
2: traditional churches would, wouldn't accept the Divine Mother concept. I, I agree. Many other people would, yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah I agree. I agree, a hundred
2: percent. Just but, in case someone comes back to us on yeah. that.
1: <laughs>
3: <laughs>
1: yeah, that's right. Okay, but let's let's just uh, let's okay, let's yes, just yes. Father, Son, Holy Ghost. Okay, so Jesus is part of that Trinity, and that Trinity becomes the One, right, which is the Elohim the the Elohim is that Trinity. So if you are if you are sinning and you're sitting here saying I have a relationship with Jesus, like Jesus mm-hmm. is my God, you're sin you're still sinning against the Creator, the divine, the 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 whole thing. I think that people try to separate it and that's where that was my kind of my point. It's like, oh well he came and it's like they're kind of forgetting about the fact that it's
2: you know, it's the whole you know, I mean, who it's it's, defines sin? It's humans. <laughs> it's at <it's, it's> the <laughs> moment. You know, they can have that <laughs> definition. You know, the Catholic Church says there are different, there's venial sins and mortal sins. You know, there's, there's different types of sin that will either cause death or they'll cause you problems. And, you know, you have to go to confession to. Um, free yourself from those. And um, also, they've used it in the past to make people feel so guilty that they'll donate money and things to get rid of their sin. So
3: mm-hmm.
2: I, th- I think, it yeah, we have to take out the human factor in that because mm-hmm. humans see things in the way they want to. Ultimately, don't they? You know, it's like we judge people by our own standards very often. <laughs> it's not, it's not really that objective until you get to a point, perhaps, where you realise where well, you have your Awakening or your you know um, awareness of the the divine that's in your life, which frees you up in a sense because it then starts to inspire you and help you guide your life rather than the external world you know or the definition of sin or the whatever is out there you start to tap into your inner self and therefore you probably just won't sin anyway, even if you, you know, consciously you're not aware of it you're probably just not going to sin because you're so in touch with that higher part of your nature
3: Mm -hmm. you don't need
2: to you know (laughs) it just doesn't happen
3: Mm -hmm. i think there's
2: a deeper layer as well in that isn't it you know which is why you can both sin and be divine because people are a work in progress we all make mistakes we're not quite at the point of jesus yet so um you know we may well sin but i think that problems are more likely to come where you deliberately go out and do an act against another person that may well be considered a sin
1: I think that it just like it, it it kind of boils down to how you how you define sin. You know, right. like you know, are you intentionally deliberately trying to destroy somebody? Like destroy their business or um yeah, you know, like destroy them and you know, like destroy their marriage or you know, you 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 have an affair and you hurt your spouse by doing that, you kill somebody or, you know, or you steal from somebody. I mean, these are, these are some major things here that are, you know, pretty, pretty high on the totem pole. Um, But then you've got other types of sins, I guess, um, that I'm not really even sure that I would define as a sin, but some people would, you know, like those are the things where you didn't even realize you did it, you know? Yeah, yeah if it really comes down to it, that, you know, like when I think about it, like I can't think of anything that I've done, <laughs> you know, like, you know, seriously, like I I w- would never purposely hurt somebody. Um, I, I I wouldn't kill somebody. I wouldn't have an affair. I wouldn't destroy a marriage. I wouldn't destroy somebody's business. I wouldn't, you know, go out and do harm on any level. And I wouldn't do harm against God, you know, like, or God's laws. So, but
2: why wouldn't you do that?
1: Why wouldn't I? Are you
2: asking me why I
1: wouldn't? Yeah,
2: what what <laughs> stops you from doing that? Because that's interesting. Like, right? uh
1: huh. What I'm stops sure. me? Um. Well, that's a question. Um. I have been on this path since I was born, and mm. I, you know, my parents. I was like, I, I literally like one of these people that was born into church. Okay, yeah. like literally. Like my mom was like, from the second I was born, I was in a church Mm. and I didn't really know much different until I was in high school. Mm. And so there was, is a level of conditioning of behavior and you know, what God expects from you. And I was taught to love God. Okay. So so then as I progressed and I was older, I got away from the church because I started seeing that the church wasn't God. And there was a lot of mistakes and a lot of immoral acts and a lot of judgment and a lot of just cruelty and a lot of things that were happening that pulled me away from it. And I started seeking out God as I developed a relationship, a real relationship with God, not just something that I was told to do, mm-hmm. um, then it turned into a uh, mission of just service. And, um, you know, and if we really want to get into it, there was a lot of, uh, I would call contracts that I made with God. <laughs> you know, like, yeah, so it's I like, it's, you know, it's like, get me out of the situation and I promise, I'll, you know, whatever you ask me to do, I'll do. And there's, you know, it's like, I think a lot of us have done that. What happened was, with me was I was I was born gifted. And and so I had um, a lot of gifts and those gifts were, I wasn't able to manage them very well. I didn't have any kind of coaching or teaching. And so when I tried to go to people that I thought were godly people to help me manage some of this, I didn't know what to do with it, basically like chastised me. And so I had to hide that and it became hard to hide it. And it became complicated because it was part of who I was. And at some point I got very frustrated and asked God to
3: take it away. So,
1: so, and in the process of that being taken away, suddenly I was blind going through what I call the dark night of the soul. I literally had no GPS. Like I didn't have intuition. I didn't have, you know, I couldn't read people. I didn't know if people had bad intentions, <laughs> you know, it's like, there was nothing. It was just like the blind leading the blind, like leading the blind. Like it was literally like I was walking around and I started falling apart. You know, I was making bad choices because I couldn't figure out which way to go. Things were working out for me. And I realized that I needed these gifts and to manage my life. And so mm-hmm. I prayed for them back. I heard God say, will you submit? I mean, I literally heard him say that. He said, well, you submit." And at the time, you know, because I had gotten kind of wild, I was drinking and smoking Mm -hmm. and having a lot of sex. (laughs) And and so I was like, I thought that that meant that I had to be a nun, stop drinking, stop smoking, Mm -hmm. stop partying, stop everything. You know, I thought that I had to live this pure, like, you know, go live in a convent life. I thought that's what he was asking me when he said submit. I'm not ready to stop all this. (laughs) you know and that's all you know and every time a tra- a trial would come he I would hear him say are you ready to submit and finally i said yes he said okay do this for me and so i was like okay and i i got my gifts back and it was just something simple like go give this message to this person or um go help this person through this trial or, you know, and it, and it's like little things, like little missions that I was given. They got a little yeah. bigger, they got a little bigger. And I would literally started hearing like um, a bell go off. Here's your next mission. It's time to leave. You're going to yeah. go somewhere else. And then uh, when it was time to go, I would hear a bell and a, and I would hear a voice that would say it's time to leave. And then something would happen that I would have to leave. Well, you know, for me, it... it it was just this it, this thing that started happening and i i just kept on like becoming more of that divine servant over and over again because mm-hmm. the rewards that i got back like you know were always blessings that came to me mm-hmm. and um and i wasn't doing it i guess that sounds kind of bad to say i was doing it for the wrong reasons no i don't really think so i really started to connect with who I really was with my true mission and when I started making that connection I started realizing that this is my father and this is my job and my job is to be a servant of the divine
2: you see this is so interesting this is what I was thinking probably happened was Mm -hmm. that you reconnected with the divine
3: Mm
1: -hmm. and
2: you had that greater understanding And therefore there's no need to sin anymore right it's it's sort of like that's that, and that's the secret in a sense. Mm. It's not. It's mm-hmm. not about feeling not doing it because you feel guilty. It's about having a realization mm-hmm. about a different way. And if you do that, once you do that, there's no real going back, is there? There's no sort of like,
1: you know. And and it's and my relationship has just gotten stronger and stronger and stronger. And as I've done my own personal alchemy, it just mm-hmm. gets easier. You know, it's like that part's been wiped out. Like. That pain has been resolved that um, now I don't have to act out of pain. I don't have to respond out of pain. I can respond out of compassion. This person that did this is feeling this way or even accused me of something because of their own issues. And that is a space that I sit in and go, okay, I'm compassionate for what you're going through. And Sometimes it doesn't get translated into words, but it is a feeling that I, that I sit in. And that's all that really matters is, is how I feel about the situation and how I'm responding to this person, like not responding in pain.
2: You're, you're kind of modeling for them, you know, the access of the divine and, you know, the, the, the right way, sort of right in many ways, I don't know, how to find yeah. right, but the, the, yeah. the way that's.
1: I think the one of the biggest turning points for me, um, I'll tell you this and then we can wrap it up, I guess. The, the biggest turning point for me was when I started getting into so many different things, like I started discovering things, really igniting uh, when God gave me back my gifts. Okay. This started opening up doors to things that I was questioning whether or not I was going down the wrong path. You know what I'm saying? So there was um there was a lot of questioning about that because of my upbringing because of the way that I was taught you know as a fundamentalist. I started I started worrying about that. I started wondering mm-hmm. what if I'm making the wrong choices? What if I'm going to end up going to hell? What if there really is a hell? There was this little rabbit hole I started to follow like, when I started questioning this. Like I started praying about it and I started asking. And when you pray about something, you know, somehow or another, God gives you something that this little rabbit hole you start following, you know, I don't know if this happens to you, but it does for me. It's like one thing leads to another, to another, to another, and it brings you full circle. Somehow or another, I got on this mission of trying to figure out why that the name of God was only said in the Bible like a couple of times. Mm -hmm. And why are they saying Lord? Why are they not saying God's name? Mm -hmm. And so I started researching that and I ran into a um, a Jewish website that was talking about the reasons why that the people, they were so afraid of people using God's name, because if you use it and you say it properly and you, you vibrate it, then you actually can invoke it. And they didn't want they didn't want people to just go around invoking God without having intention behind it and pure intention. Right. So they just replaced it with Lord. Yes. Yeah. Instead okay. of Instead of saying, you know, the name. Well, at the time, I didn't know it was, I hadn't studied Hebrew, right? So I didn't know how to pronounce it. So I said it the, you know, American way. I said Yahweh. I said, well, if that's how you invoke God, I'm going to invoke God and I'm going to ask him. I need to know if I am on the wrong path. And so I started praying and I said, this is what I want to know. Okay. Mm -hmm. And so I sat there and I laid in bed and I sat there and I mean, laid there just chanting it over and over and over and over again, over and over and over again. I mean, this went on for like hours. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden I had an instantaneous outer body experience. Mm-hmm. Like I was just yanked out and I, I found myself running. There was another part of me. It's almost like a part of me that was split. The masculine part was following me saying, it's over here. It's over here. Stop running just stay with me and brought me over to this like warehouse. Mm
3: -hmm. And
1: he said in here, and he kind of pushed me and he threw me in. And when he threw me in, I landed in this chair and there was a being on the right and a being on the left. Mm
3: -hmm. And
1: when I landed in this chair, my hands went down onto the arms of the chair. Like it was three Mm -hmm. chairs connected and I landed onto the arm in the center And I have one hand on one arm of the chair and another on the other arm, and the two beings placed their hands on my hands, and immediately I connected to source. Okay, I'm telling you, I felt everything. I felt the vibration of the whole world and every being at the same time. It was the most intense feeling I ever felt in my entire life. It was like, I could feel the plants, the animals, the earth, everything. You know, it was just like every single person all at one time. And then all of a sudden this being comes down (laughs) and it just like, and when he came down, it was like thunder. It was like, and, and his voice sounded like thunder, right? He was like,
3: I am y'all. <laughs> you know, like really loud, you know. And
1: I came out of the chair, and I fell down on my knees. You know how, like, the Muslims pray to get down on their knees and their hands go forward? That's exactly what I did. I came out of the chair. I plunged down onto the ground, hands down on the floor, head down, and mm. said, Father. Mm. And then he said, um, sorry, this is emotional for me.
3: No, that's all right.
1: I have never been able to tell the story without crying. It is so weird. So then he said to me, Be still my child. I have nothing against you. And um and then he left. It was pretty intense. Um I when I popped back on my body, I laid in the bed and sat there and cried. Mm-hmm. And cried and cried and cried and cried myself to sleep because I couldn't I couldn't get past that feeling because when I fell down to the ground, you know how I told you I felt that vibration?
3: Yeah.
1: When I fell down to the ground, the vibration that I felt was a thousand times bigger. It was I went from feeling the vibration of the whole earth that was so intense to feeling the vibration of the universe. Like when, in his presence, that's what I felt. And so for me, uh, that was a huge turning point for me. I just said, that's it. I'm on this path. This is it. Now I know God is real. (laughs) Like, you know, it's like, it's like you you want God to be real. You hear voices and you say to yourself, am I schizophrenic? You know, like, Mm -hmm. have I made this up? Am I imagining this? You can sit here and make up all these things inside of yourself and say, is it real? And my sister and I were just talking about this yesterday. She said, you know, all these things that I've gone through, I'm questioning whether or not it was real. I said, I understand that I've been there. And when you have an experience so strong like this, to where, you know, you actually are in the presence of the divine, and he shows up, you know, because you sat there and you're like, I'm invoking you, dude, you know, and, and it was so like, who has the patience to do something like that? Like me, I was like, I'm not stopping till you come. Wow. Yeah, it was it, it was pretty uh it was pretty intense and um yeah, and he showed up. <laughs> you know, it was like, whoa, you know. So to kinda of to answer your question,
3: mm-hmm.
1: at that point when you know something so real mm-hmm. and you know and, and the question is like, why did I say father? Like I was out of my body. I was in my pure source space. Yeah, you yeah. know? And I fell to the ground and said father. So there was some kind of connection that I made made from my soul mm-hmm. from my higher self or okay. something. So at that point I was like, that's it. I commit the rest of my life to you, you know? Oh, and I've been given a lot of, um, what I call leeway, a lot of space, mm-hmm. you know, like enjoy your life. This isn't, you don't have to like, yeah. you don't have to be a nun. You don't have to, <laughs> Like you know, like go have fun, you know, you want to go out, have some fun. Just be responsible about your actions. Don't get belivorously drunk to where you're getting in a car and you kill somebody. Mm-hmm. You know, like be be responsible about your actions. I've just taken it upon myself to just make sure that I live my life full, fun, enjoying it. Um, trying to like be in the world but not of the world. So I hope that answers your question. <laughs> Yeah, that was a long
2: okay. answer. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think that's the key for everyone, isn't it? And I think that's what Jesus was trying to teach. Once you have that connection with the divine, you know, you you are saved. You won't even think about sinning or whatever you want to call it. I don't even know what the Hebrew definition of sin was in those days. I mean, it might not be what we call it now. But, yeah, yeah you're just not going to go down that
1: Oh. I absolutely will not. There's just no way. There, it's well, just yeah. impossible for me now. Years ago, it might have been because I was in so much pain, yeah. you know, and so much sorrow and I had a lot of trauma. Mm. And so I was very reactive. Okay. Not anymore. Yeah. And, it, you know, and if you want to say um, Jesus saved me or God saved me or mm. Yahweh, say me, you can say whatever you want to say, but all I know is that I was given an opportunity to make something of my life that had meaning, and I chose that instead of choosing
2: suffering. Yeah, and it's interesting how it it took quite a lot for you to get to that point, but once you got there, that was it. uh, That's the ingredients for all of us, you know, it's like, you've got to have some sort of realization, you've got to find some direction and connection with the divine, and b- but before you do that, you know you probably have to sacrifice a lot of the old behaviors and habits and things that you used to do, which mm-hmm. are your cross that you're burdened with, and then you're oh,
1: free. So what about you? Like why divine why path. did you why did you choose this path? Because I know you chose the divine path as well. So how did that happen
2: for you? I'll try to be quick, but um, it again I had a realization that um, where God came to me, that was it, and I think He was trying to knock on the door and so on for many years but I was ignoring it. You know, I was saying, Oh, I don't want to do that, I'm enjoying my life, you <laughs> know, I'm doing my... <laughs> But um yeah, it came to a point, um where I was just praying, kneeling. You know, I'd tried lots of paths and I'd um I'd become Catholic at one point and then I'd got into a prayer life and at one point I was praying and kneeling and just asking I was trying to ask God what what's life about or something. Yeah. And interestingly, it was at Pentecost, I just felt this enormous fire descend on me. It was incredible, like this divine light descended. And I can't, it's very hard to put into words, it just did something. And it it's a bit like your experience, you know, it's like that presence was there. And I had tears, and I was just constant. you know, the emotions came up, it was like something was being processed and released. And um, I can, even now when I think about it, I feel fire around my whole uh, aura. It's like I don't know. Hard to put into words. And it was like he descended. It just descended into my being. And now I know I have that connection to God. You know, and that, that's it. It's it's. I can't question it anymore. It's like. I can try and do things. I can run, I can do, try and get drunk, but it just doesn't happen. It's just, (laughs) you know, it's like I don't need to.
3: That is so funny.
1: I, you know, you know what's so funny about this is that the exact same thing with me. I, I will literally like go, you know what? I've got all this wine collection and I never drink it. It's literally got dust on the wine. Okay. Mm. And I keep on thinking I'm going to cancel it and I keep on forgetting. And then I go in, you know, cause I pay like $50 a month for it. And, mm. and then I go in after like several months saying, I just got to cancel this. Right. Mm. So I go in and I see there's like a $200 credit and I'm thinking, okay, you know what? I'm just going to order a whole bunch of wine and I'll give it away as a gift. You know, and I'm getting cases of wine, you know, so I've got this huge collection and this keeps on happening. And every so often my husband will say, you know, you should drink some of this wine. I'll have a glass or two and, you know, like two glasses of wine used to get me like super tipsy. Mm-hmm. Even a bottle of wine would get me like way over the top. And I would sit there and I'd drink it and i drink a whole bottle and mm-hmm. felt nothing. Nothing. Like, I don't even know how that happens. I can still, literally, I do this mm-hmm. wine and tarot with Marco, and I'll drink it. And I might get a little yeah. giddy, but there is, like, no drunkenness at mm. all. And I'm, like, sitting here going, well, I'm drinking empty calories. I probably shouldn't do that. <laughs> you, know? <laughs> like, you know, I just can't. I can't get drunk anymore. I've, I have I uh, have every, you know, Shane and I would have, like, a celebration for, like, our, um our mm-hmm. anniversary or something, and we're like, okay, let's just get some, like, Jack Daniels or something a little stronger, get a little tipsy and have some, some fun, turn on some music, dance around, you know, have some fun. I still wouldn't get drunk. Yeah. It, is, it is the weirdest thing. It is, it, it's like, I, and it's like, why bother?
2: Yeah, right. It's It just does something, doesn't it?
1: it's a it's a very strange thing but going back to your thing right real quick and i know we need to close this off but um when you said the thing about the divine light descending on you mm. i totally get that because that's happened to me before where you could I, you start to feel it and see this light like coming over you and you just well, start crying
2: it was fire i mean it was like yeah. you, well and uh, yeah but the emotions and the tears just when was like i don't know what this is but I, and I just, as you did, you have to go prostrate on the floor, like flat on the mm-hmm. floor with your hands out for the divine. I couldn't stop myself doing that. It was like, what am I doing? But part of me was, you know, my ego was saying, what was happening? And, but, but yeah, I just like,
3: why
1: are you doing this? Like, why did I just fall to the ground? You know, why did I say father? You know, like, mm-hmm. you start, your mind starts, like, asking questions, but it's like, there's something inside of you that just knows, right? You just experienced this. You just had a remembering, you know? That's and it. it's like that's it right there it's like you have this remembering it's like we have this veil over us we come into this world and we forget if i was to sum it all up it all came down to remembering
2: mm. it, you know until we've been through those negative experiences and that cross we've carried that burden and until we faced that this thing couldn't probably happen right
1: that's exactly right. It, it's You're not until you, until you face yeah. it and to your, to your problems become so heavy, that that burden becomes so strong that you finally, like, submit. And that was with me. It was like, well, you know, he was like, smit. Allow me to be in your life. Allow, open up your heart and remember. And for me, it, it's all about remembering who I am and remembering my connection and remembering my divinity. Absolutely. You know, and that's, that's the bottom line. Yeah. Oh, wow, this is a
2: beautiful beautiful note to end
3: it on.
1: Yeah, it really is. It really is. Well so thank you so much. This has really been a great conversation
3: and thank you, um, thank you again.
1: And you guys, um we're gonna
0: close this off with Remember. Hi, this is Michelle, and I wanna personally thank you for joining us in this series the walk of Christ. This tallies up the end of this series, and we will be now moving on to the next series where we are going to be talking about the path of Buddha, the path to enlightenment. I hope that you join us in this new series. See you there.